What's up, guys? You're tuned in to The Scoreboard with your hosts, Michael Hill and Ryan Kay. Check them out every Tuesday night right here on Podomatic Radio, the best part of your day via podcast. What's up, everybody? It is April 4th, 2023. You're listening to The Scoreboard, brought to you by Anchor. This is a place where two bros talk about sports, pop culture, and everything else in between. You guys could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us. And for that, we appreciate you. We're your host, The Heartbreak Kid, Michael Hill in the arcade. Ryan K., how you doing, my man? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Just fucking chilling out. Um, Helped my dad celebrate his birthday today. Larry, uh, Larry, birthday. Le- Larry Legend. You know, had to had to do some shit for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um Fucking outside of that, just been trying to hang with the homies when I can. Um, I got a today's my like tomorrow's my one day off before because I have a little bit of an odd schedule at my workplace. Like I have like a it's like I have a Monday through Friday, get a weekend. Mm -hmm. Then I work a Monday, Tuesday and get a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then like fucking then I work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, get a Monday and then work four days again, and then get the two days off that weekend. Yeah, it's kind of a goofy schedule. It's yeah. like ve- it's a very uneven schedule. I like trust me. I know my older brother used to work at pa- uh, well the the place you your place of employment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very uneven schedule. So you know it is. It is. I so. like. Yeah, I remember when he was explaining to me. I think I was like in mid- Yeah, I was in middle school or high school and like it, it confused me then and it still confuses me now as an adult <laughs> yeah yeah it's strange but I, I don't really mind it it's fine you know what I'm saying so like a lot of stuff has happened this weekend guys so like you know what I'm saying Wrestlemania happened this weekend like I, dev- I, I decided to devote like a whole segment to that because a lot, a lot of you guys asked, were asking a whole bunch of questions about how we felt about certain things and how we felt about the show, the show as a whole. Just a lot of yeah. stuff to unpack. So we're gonna just make sense to just do a segment. We're, we're just gonna do a segment on that because I like, I like to feel the temperature of you guys, and I feel like if I get more than about five or six questions, I feel like it's it's 
it's a segment worthy. I like, you know, saying the topic because you guys want to hear about it. But first, like, you know, saying we got we had two national title games. Like, you know, that happened. Uh, we're going to start with the men's first, you know, saying with Connecticut and San Diego State. But like for me, because people were asking me how I felt about it. And to be honest, guys, like I really don't watch college basketball like that, because I think if, if, for the old school viewers that uh, that uh, that that have been here, you know how I feel about the men's college game. I think the female game is a lot better. These motherfuckers are sloppy. They they can't finish around the rim. They can't hit free throws. These motherfuckers can't shoot. All these dudes know how to do is run the floor. I like you know what I'm saying, and I like and be athletic. You know, so I haven't really enjoyed college basketball since men's college basketball since 2007, 2008. Yeah. But basically when Joe Kim Noah and like the Florida Gators or like, you know what I'm saying, were around, that was like the last time I truly enjoyed college basketball as a whole. You know what I'm saying, as a whole. But I like the Connecticut Huskies defeated uh, San Diego State. By twenty points, they didn't deserve to be. Well, I, I wouldn't say they deserved to be there, but it was like it was clear to see who the superior team was. And basically, the Connecticut Huskies are basically like Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. I like if they get there, it's automatic. They're winning. I like they're five and zero. Like in national title games, which is absolutely insane. I like. I remember. Um, I remember the Richard Hamilton uh, Connecticut Husky teams. I remember, like I know you remember the Kimber Walker teams. I remember the Emeka Okafor team. You know, so I remember the Shabazz Napier team that like that won the national title. So yeah. like that, like I remember all those. Yeah, yeah, fucking. So here's here's the thing, man. So pretty early on in the tournament, and UConn had rounded into form at the tail end of the year, as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Hurley has these boys right. And as the tournament was progressing, they just looked like the best team in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, and it was a strange year where, like, again, parity was a big thing. Mm-hmm. The field was, it was, it was very it, tough to judge, like, where teams actually sat. It, it was as even as I've ever seen it. Yeah, it was just weird. That's why all the one seeds were gone so and, damn early. Like, yeah, even the one seeds, like, I remember we were talking about it. It was like, even the one seeds, you felt like it just wasn't a lock. It was just like, nothing was a lock. So, so like, there was a, there was a one seed, but like, by record. But I couldn't sit here yeah. and make a definitive argument that they were the best team in the country. So what happens is UConn, you know, coming down the stretch at the end of the year was playing well, but they started playing even better in the mm-hmm. tournament. It was one of those things where, like, I remember going into the tournament. I was like, man, I don't really think anybody's going to want to play them. And then that got worse. Mm-hmm. Like early on in the tournament, they were like waxing good teams. Yeah, like good teams. They were waxing them, running them off the fucking floor, mm-hmm. and they kind of just did that the whole tournament. Like they just. Now, obviously, not every game was like a blowout or every anything, but like they they beat a lot of quality opponents mm-hmm. convi- convincingly. Definitely. And um, so, getting into this title game, you know, the thing was, uh, you know, San Diego State was a really solid team that could, you know, shoot, play some defense and stuff, and it was close for a very small little while mm-hmm. early, and. After that, uh, you know, um, it just... The doors got blown off. Yeah, it just got worse. You know? I I, I still hate the mere fact that, you know, 
that the call the men's college game is only is two halves. I like I'll never get that. I'll never get that. Yeah, I don't life, like that either. For the life of me. Yeah, I don't. I don't like two halves either. But hey, it is what it is. You know. You know. So I was just sitting there thinking, because yeah, people were asking me at the job, like you know, was I surprised? And I was like, yeah and no. I like. I guess I was surprised just for the mere fact I like I didn't see them coming. But that's what the NCAA tournament is. Like I did not see UConn coming, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't see them coming. I sure as hell didn't. I sure as hell didn't. Like you know, when you think of UConn, you think of Gino Oriema and like you know what I'm saying the women's <laughs> women's team. Like you know, very seldom, you know what I'm saying they'd be like on par, you know, saying with that. The last time that they were like on par with that was whenever. They had a Mecca Okafor, and the Mecca Okafor and Diane Tarasi was at UConn at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah, I like, and they both won the national title that year. Yeah. So, like, it was just like it's, it's one. Yeah, of Calhoun things. was still there. I think. Yeah, Jim point. Calhoun was still there. Yeah, that unpleasant fucker. Um, you don't like Jim Calhoun? God, he's a he's a, him and Gino both are dicks. <laughs> like, it was really funny because they both felt like it was their school, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, you have the, this guy that's won all these natties, and like, you're Jim Calhoun, but like. That's Gina. That's Gina Oriyama. Yeah, exactly. So, it, oh yeah, we did watch a, a documentary about that. How they did? Yeah. How like he did? Like they didn't really fuck with each other like that. Yeah, they don't. They didn't like each other at all. <laughs> um, so again, it was one of those things. Like, um, you know, like you said, like it's been a while since the men's because you know Connecticut's funny in that like they would pop up every now and again. Yeah. And then they'd be like, okay, like Shabazz Napier team. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kimball Walker team. Like they just would pop up randomly mm-hmm. and win it all. But then they would kind of go back to like obscurity. Obscurity or like being middle kind of tier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they do their damn thing. And uh, this year, again, they blow the doors off most everybody they play. And then they end up with a team that made a good run, mm-hmm. similar to what they did. Like, you know, and then they hit that last, uh, they hit that buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. To like get to the get to the championship, mm-hmm. and then UConn made them look like, yeah, they're cool, but like we we're the best team yeah, right we're, now. We're we're better. Yeah, we're better, and we're playing the best out of all the teams in the tournament. So that's just kind of what happened. Um, like I said, it just there was just a massive talent discrepancy mm-hmm. that was on on display. In addition to like talk about as a whole or just the teams. Well, just at, like those two teams. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, but no, I understand what you're saying. But no, like there was a talent discrepancy that came that became apparent very early on, mm-hmm. and it just when UConn pulled away, they just throttled them mm-hmm. after that. And um, and, I like they needed to play their best basketball game for two halves, and they couldn't. It was yeah. very, it was very similar to last year with Kansas and North Carolina, and like North Carolina played their best. Half basketball. basketball in the first half, and my thing is, I and then don't know. Baycott got hurt, and it just they couldn't get it back. Yeah, yeah. I like well, Baycott got well. Baycott came into the game hurt anyway. Yeah. Then it like you know, at, at, by the time he got hurt again and got got out, like Kansas had already pulled away. It, it was it was already inevitable. Yeah. It was inevitable. So. I like congratulations to the Yukon Huskies. You know what I'm saying? I like I don't I don't have any Yukon fans I like you know around here so 
Uh, I got I got a lady at my work that I'm pretty close with. That's a she's from Connecticut. Yeah. So she's she's big. She's big Yukon people. She well, was hyped as fuck about it. Well, hold on, like so my auntie was a she 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 lives in Connecticut. So like she's done some stuff for Yukon. So like, yeah. So well, yeah. No, like I said, I mean, shout out Yukon. They've they've always been a mostly likable program. I've always liked the guys that come through that university, mm-hmm. and I've I like what they did. And Danny, I I have a tremendous amount of respect for Danny Hurley. Yeah. Um, Bobby Hurley can fuck off. Danny Hurley's gas. <laughs> so you know, I'm happy for Danny Hurley. Hurley. Uh, he was always the the lesser of the two Hurleys. He mm-hmm. was always Bobby Hurley's little brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He had to deal with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And the like, his story's like a good story. Like he talked, you know, his dad was this Hall of Fame coach and like fucking, you know, this big deal coach and like fucking his brother is this fucking great point guard that goes to Duke mm-hmm. and he's this point guard that like goes to like I don't even remember where the fuck he went, like St. John's or something. And he got so depressed, he basically and like lost his way. He quit playing basketball, mm-hmm. and then fucking Bobby got into that fucking car wreck that he got into when he was with the Kings or whoever the fuck he was playing with in the NBA. And he yeah. never, he never got to play again, really. Mm-hmm. And fucking. Uh, uh, Danny apparently got got super depressed about it, and like was like, dude, why wasn't it me? Mm-hmm. I didn't have like he was so talented, and like I wasn't. Yeah, like he's like he was like in the NBA, and I was a guy that like couldn't hack it at the college level. Mm-hmm. He's like you know, and like quit playing college basketball. He's like, so I had to deal with the depression and like the survivor's remorse of like that. And, you know, like, again, Danny Hurley's just a good man. Yeah. You know, he's just a good man. He's a good dude. He's very likable. Um, he didn't play for Duke and slap the floor. Yeah. You know, fuck Bobby Hurley. But, yeah, Danny Hurley's the truth. And so I was happy for him, and I'm happy. Um, I'm happy for a UConn program. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good. And maybe they can use this to kind of uh, springboard into being, like, a, blue, a blue blood, like like bat. Well, I can't call them not a blue blood, but you know what I mean. Like a consistent, yeah. like because again, be around, yeah, be a, always be like really relevant mm-hmm. versus being relevant when they're relevant, mm-hmm. and then they, pop, they go they go back in this obscurity. Yeah, they pop up once every three or four years as a, like an elite team, and they win it all, and then they they just go back. Go back. They go back to being like horrible it's weird <laughs> they're very odd program very odd you know so all right so shout out to you guys coming up next i said we got our quarter of the week and we're going to talk about the women's college uh, uh national ti- uh, title uh, title game you guys keep a lock on the scoreboard on anchor i was sick and tired of having terrible dates i've tried other dating websites before and could never find a match honestly i was about to give up never in a million years did i think i'd ever find him well, with GiveUpAndSettle.com, that can all end today. Hands down, the best dates I ever had. They sent me more matches than I could ever need. They showed me the way, and I finally found him. Here at GiveUpAndSettle.com, we believe there's someone in the world that is perfect for you, and we're here to help you get over the fact that you're never going to meet that person. We hate each other so much. I can't even look at him because I hate his face. We're not even gay. And we both are. 
with our highly advanced matchmaking system known as the Personality Aptitude Placement Enrollment Research by Algorithmic Groupings, also known as Papier Bog, we will find you a near to perfect match within seconds. I searched gamer and girl and got a 50% match. I hate snakes, but I did ask for a man that was charming. I was always into the shy and quiet type, and that's exactly what I got. I type in how smart, successful, good looking I am on other dating sites and still never found a match. First try on giveupandsettle.com. Perfect match. I typed in black girls as my preference, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the best speller. So I wasn't surprised when I showed up to my first date and saw nothing but a black grill. I'm not picky, I just asked for the hottest match they could find. Our love will continue to burn brighter than it. Nothing wrong with black match. She's still smoking. Ha! People used to tell me there should be violins playing for me at all times because I was such a sad person. That's why I went on to give up and settle and ask for someone cheerful, optimistic, violin free. Almost a perfect match. I got a chair full of domestic violence for me. Close enough. We all know there's a lot of fish in the sea, but there's also a lot of people on land. You don't have to resort to fish yet. Just sign up to giveupandsettle.com and find the settling soulmate you never even knew you wanted. We promise you, you will not regret it unless you do. It's completely free, money back guarantee. So what have you got to lose? Sign up, give it a try, you might get a virus. Giveupandsettle.com, we'll see you there. See for yourself and find your perfect match today. It's fast, it's fun, it's not a real site. Giveupandsettle.com. So thank you guys again so much for watching. If you want to see last week's video, click the one on the left. If you want to see bloopers and behind the scenes, click the one on the right. And if you want to go to giveupandsettle.com, click the one on the bottom and find your perfect match today. Day, 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 day. Hey Tyrone, what you doing in Philly? I thought you was in Cali. Man, I was. But then they said we was having an earthquake, so I had to relocate. But come to find out, the only thing was cracking and shaking was your wife ass cheeks when I was fucking along with that stuff. What's up guys? This is the scoreboard quote of the week, brought to you by nobody, because we're broke. This was supposed to be a segment dedicated to people that say amazing things, but as everybody knows, we'll focus on gems like this. I would, but uh, I know where that hand's been. And this. Booties. They make sure you ain't booty. Holy crap, I don't know who the hell we think we are. You couldn't stay off the weed. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. So with that being said, here are my two favorite guys, HBK and the Arcade. Welcome back, everybody. It's the quote of the week. Well, it's a uh, we got some bangers this weekend. Uh, this week, I'll go first, and this quote goes to my man. King James, Legion. You know what I'm saying? And there's like this thing where I guess Twitter, Elon Musk, are like, you know, where you can buy check marks now. LeBron said, Well, I guess my blue check would be gone soon because if you know me, I ain't paying five dollars for that shit. And if anybody knows LeBron James, LeBron is notoriously cheap. Oh yeah, they dude literally 
literally a couple of reporters quote tweeted that they're like, dude, the funniest part of covering the finals was going to LeBron's locker room and having music blasting, but then the commercials would start blasting yeah. because he refuses to pay for Pandora without yeah. ads. I like Rachel Nichols told him, say, you know you're rich, right? He was like, I am not paying for that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin Love said, like, we go to a spot and like, or if we go to like a hotel, he'll ask like the Wi-Fi password immediately, so he won't have to use none of his data. Yeah, dude, he's that's just how he moves, man. And like, <laughs> like he talked about that. He was like, "Yeah, I'll never turn Roman on." Fuck all that. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, like LeBron's in multiple interviews, like, like, nah, bro, I'm, I don't spend money on stuff like that." But uh, which is hysterical. But uh, this is a billionaire. Yeah, my quote of the week goes to um, the co-host of this podcast, Michael Hill. Mm. Uh, so you were on Twitter. So I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw some shit you tweeted out. It made me laugh like fuck. I put in my likes. Um, it was like that song "We're Not Gonna Take It" came out forty plus years ago, and here we are, still continuing to take it. <laughs> that shit had me rolling, bro. I was like, my man ain't wrong. I was like, he's so correct about that. Here we are, still taking it. You know what? That was just like something random. I just thought of my head. That shit was, like, was funny, though. You know man. what? Let me just tweet this out because I like. I feel like that was like a good thought, and I was just like, usually, let me just get this out because if I don't, I because if I don't, usually like Twitter is like a like a log of like your thoughts and all that stuff, like your random thoughts. So I just decided to put out that out there. I thought it was funny. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So. Right, I like you know, just like we had a, a men's college basketball national title, we had a female national title that happened on the same day as WrestleMania. So I, so you know, we didn't get to watch that bit, but we're gonna talk about WrestleMania, like you no know, say afterwards. I like, but I did get to watch the highlights and I did get to pirate that game. No, someone pirated the game, but uh, for me, like you know, saying I got to watch the whole thing. I like, you have any thoughts? Uh, thoughts about this game? Um, so. I have some thoughts, but I also have some thoughts like related to the game that happened leading up to this game. It's about the us uh, on which side? The the Iowa USC game. Okay. So this game, uh, we're gonna we're gonna loop back to that. All right. So, um, it was funny because LSU jumped out to on Iowa and. There was a point where, like, they kept it. I, I remember watching a segment of the game, and I remember there was a point where they were up about like ten, and Caitlin Clark would hit a three and cut it to seven, and you know, then they'd hit a two, and then Caitlin Clark might hit another three, mm-hmm. or they'd feed it to that big girl and she'd get like an and one, and they'd cut it to like six, mm-hmm. or they'd cut it to seven, or they cut it to six, or they cut it to a that was kind of I remember there was a, like a lull in the game where like that, that was about all Iowa could do yeah and it got worse naturally like mm-hmm. I what well, I don't even remember what the final was um, oh the final score yeah for for the I like it was the final score I just had it on me because I was just sitting there like they beat the brakes off these it was 102 to 85 yeah so like I said it got worse as the game went like naturally um and it was it was definitely just a talent discrepancy. Yeah, across so, the board. So it was one of those things where uh, Caitlin Clark, the two games leading up to the championship, 
she had two heaters. Mm-hmm. And it was funny watching the South Carolina game because that was the first game South Carolina lost all year. And Iowa played maybe the best game they played the entire season against South Carolina. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing it, it takes. Uh, yeah, that, and it was going to take something. It's going to take her to duplicate that yeah. to beat this team. Yeah, and the thing is, she played well. Mm-hmm. But, like, not the level that she played the prior two games. Yeah. Um, the big problem, too, was so. Anecdotally, this is kind of an interesting thing to to think about is LSU played South Carolina like three times and they lost every fucking time. Yeah. Like got their asses handed to them. At, handed to them by South Carolina every time they played. Like well, like one game they South Carolina beat them by 25 and they were and they missed free throws. I was telling my friend yeah. Money this. He was like I was like, "Yeah, I like said like and I ton of respect for Kim Mulkey and like you know Angel Reese, Flage, all, like, all them girls. I I seen them play to get to the Final Four, but they are lucky as hell they didn't have to play Don Staley and that. Boston. That was exactly what I was gonna say. That LSU should be very thankful that Caitlin Clark caught her two best games of the season, managed to knock South Carolina the fuck out, and. Just made that happen. So, again, man, because a player like Caitlin Clark is so good that she can beat a team on any given night by herself, basically. And when you have a player that is that good, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. Well, she's been doing it all tournament. Yeah. So, you know, in this game specifically, like, it was the talent discrepancy finally caught her. It and, just finally, finally caught up. And like you know, say LSU had a little bit of, they had a little bit of motivation and like into that game because I remember people were talking about the unsportsmanlike conduct, and I'm not going to really get into that because everybody beat that to death. But here was something that I, that I found out. He said, uh, I remember Flage was talking about that because they watched that game. I like you know what I'm saying. They were like, look. Said we saw what I like, you know how how she was disrespecting South Carolina. Said she's not doing that to us. They had a little bit of motivation, like you know they went in there with the mindset that they were about to embarrass them. Yeah, exactly. So, and the thing is, man, somebody needs to yeah, because we don't need to harp on this. You need to keep in mind that like these girls talk more shit, maybe than the men do. Yeah, they talk more shit than like. Like, because again, I'm glad that fucking I'm glad that Caitlin Clark s- said I didn't have any problem with it. We all talk like that to each other. Yes, she's like that. We, we, you know, we're all we're competitors. We're out there competing. Like, yeah, it's fine. You know, she's like I didn't have a single problem with anything she did. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's one of those type of things. Like if you did, like if you did, like if if you don't want to doing it, you got to stop it. It's, yep. uh, it's classic. It's a classic. Did I love Angel Reese following her around the court for 30 seconds doing that shit? Not really. Not really. But at the same time, because I mean, when she did at a free throw line, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then she hit her with the ring me. Yeah. That was funny too, but like, the fact that she kept doing it, mm-hmm. and like, kept doing it, I was like, eh, maybe you let that go for a little bit. 
Yeah. But, you but, know. Uh, it's still something like, I totally don't hate it. And, like, and no. I was telling people, like, so, like, people complain about, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the women's game not getting no attention. This got attention. This got attention. Like, we need more females that show edge like this. Yeah. I and, absolutely loved it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this might turn into a fucking bird magic thing in the league. I would like that. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so, again, man, like I said, I didn't have any problem with that. And, I just wish that that game lived up to the fucking hype of the prior game, because that South Carolina-Iowa game, and you know, South Carolina fell victim to what a lot of teams fall victim to. There have been many times in my life where the best team didn't win a championship. And they were due for a loss. Yeah, and, and the thing, and keep in mind too, like, South Carolina won a championship a couple years ago when UConn had the best team and then Texas yeah. A&M beat them and then they got to yeah. beat Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So they, so they, yeah, so they got the, uh, every team gets to like, you know what I'm saying, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like that. The, that they benefit from that. There are teams that get right, the that, benefit. That, yeah, because that year UConn was certainly better than them. Yeah, but they weren't the champion. And yeah, that's they all weren't the fucking yeah, matters. Yeah. And this year, South Carolina was the best team far and away. Mm-hmm. And the thing, like I said, the thing is, South Carolina played well against yeah. Iowa. The thing that was fucked is just Caitlin Clark just drug them to like to victory. Yeah. What's fucking hilarious to think about is if Iowa had played the way. That they did in the championship game against South Carolina, they would have lost. They would have lost by like forty. Yeah, you know what I mean. They'd have got their asses beat mm-hmm. the fuck down, and because they got beat down anyways by LSU, mm-hmm. you know who's n- not as good as South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They just aren't. So, you know, like I said. But yeah, shout out the LSU girl. Shout out Angel Reese. Um, shout out to Kim Mulkey. I know, I know a lot of people don't like her, but that yeah, I don't she, love her as a person. The, like she's the real fucking deal. I remember, great coach. I, I remember the um, I remember the press conference when she went to LSU and she looked up there. So I seen a lot of uh, like you know, said Final Four banners. I don't see no national championship banners. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. And she delivered. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Her, I remember whenever I went to go see her, she had this fire-ass, ja- uh, like, you know, sparkly jacket, kind of like the Miz did on on uh, night two of, of WrestleMania. That, like, then the prior game, she looked like Doe Flamingo from One Piece. So, like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I like, which is crazy, because, like, you know, Outside, because I know they started to pull away. Outside of that, this was like a this was like a decent national the national championship game. And anybody that knows me knows that I love women's college basketball. They know that I love the WNBA. So anything that could you know what I'm saying get that on track, yeah. you know, say I'm down for. Right. I say we we need we need more personalities in the women's game, and we need more stuff like this. Whether it's a, like you know whether it's unsportsmanlike or not, we need a villain and we need a hero. We need somebody to root for, root against, and we need somebody to root for. Yeah. And and like you know, so Angel Reese is taking on the man. Like hell, you can boo me, I don't care. I like you need that in sports. Yeah. And that's what makes it that much more competitive. And the thing is, Kalen Clark had taken on that mantle most of last year and this year. Yeah. She is a voracious shit talker. Yeah. She talks more shit than anybody. Yeah. She talks shit a mile a minute. Like, mm-hmm. she just... She Stay doesn't tough. shut the fuck up. And <laughs> that's... You know, that's just who she is. And so, again, like I said, people have been vilifying her for that. And, you know, so, again, narratives are good, man. And, again, I didn't mind it. 
It was just, it, it's it's sad that both national championships ended up being a little disappointing. Honestly, this one was, this one this one was a much better game. I will say the officiating was doo doo fuck in this game. <laughs> I will say that too. I didn't even want to get into that, but the officiating was absolute rat fuck garbage. It was a horrible, horrible officiating. Um, some of the worst I've ever seen. So and that's saying a lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was really bad. But um. You know, it's just fucking embarrassing. So, um, you know, what, whatever. But um, you know, like I said, it's just unfortunate that the game game wasn't better. But hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. I like, you know, what I'm saying like. But then again, like you know, if it, if you follow it, you kind of knew. I'll, you kind of knew you LSU was better than them on paper. And I and I don't know if Caitlin had another forty in her no. because I don't think they were going to allow her to get forty. No, and like I said again, it's just one of those things, right? Like I said, she had maybe the two best games of her career prior to that. Prior to that, like, yeah, it took her to have those two games to even get to this point. Yeah, exactly. This impressive effort just to even make that happen. Yeah, most definitely. So I can't wait for next season, y'all. Can't wait. So coming up next, I said we got our Thug Life moment of the week and WrestleMania. I like you know a lot of stuff to unpack here. So you guys keep a lot on the scoreboard on Anchor. Your name is the time, bro. Man of the people, what they in line for? Main attraction, remember when I was sideshow and waiting for something to go viral. I tried to tell them it was written, I tried to tell them I was different. I tried to tell them I was itching. I tried to tell them I'm what's missing. I always knew I was the guy, I never second guessed it. The stuff I'm blessed with ain't the same as what the next get. That drive and that hunger running deeper than the rest is. And everything I do, I must perfect it. I be restless. And I ain't never tried to be another guy. Disrespect the caterpillar, rave about the butterfly. What if I never made the. I like my chili hot. As a matter of fact, I like my chili so goddamn hot that you can cook a hog's ass in a spoonful. When a working man such as myself wants a little hot fixing, I reach for that bottle of mama's goddamn hot chili. Smooth, tender chunks with chili beans filled with mama's hot bastard bacon bits and drizzled with just the right amount of thick, savory sauce, dripping with noodle nuggets and Texas tough onions. Mm-mm, that's hot. Goddamn hot. Ask for it by name. Hey, guys, you're listening to The Scoreboard on Spotify. What's up, guys? You've been listening to The Scoreboard. Like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash scoreboard 808. And you can also follow HBK and The Arcade on Twitter at DXHeartbreakKid in Arcade. And remember, you can catch us every Tuesday on Podomatic Radio. Something that has to warm up before you use it, sir. How about your wife? (laughs) 
This is the Scoreboard Thug Life Moment of the Week. Brought to you by nobody. Because we're on a budget. This is the place where douchebag behavior isn't only welcome, but it's celebrated. Now, here's your host, HBK and the Arcade. What's up, everybody? It's a Thug Life Moment of the Week. And if you're out here doing Thug Life shit, you know what I'm saying? We want to hear from you. And if you're out here doing it, so you can hit us up. I like to know on Twitter. You can hit us up via email. And you can hit us up on um, Facebook and we'll give all that information at the end of the show but first I'm going to give my thug life moment to Alicia Keys okay Alicia Keys Shamar Moore was on a TV show I like you know he was saying like dude I tried to holler at Alicia Keys one time they were like really he said how'd that go he said obviously he got rejected but like you know he saw, I saw her at this party and I went over there I was like, hey, Alicia Keys, like, no, this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying, trying to do Shamar Moore shit, because Shamar Moore is a handsome man, if anybody that doesn't know. He was like, I don't know what your man's situation is like, but next time you're you're in L.A., you know what I'm saying, I'd like to, you know, take you out sometime. He said, they said, this woman looks at me like a smiles, and like in Alicia Keys' voice, he was like, listen here, brother. He said, I appreciate what you got going on, but the man's situation, it's handled. <laughs> Jesus. That's what's so, Alicia Keys is so damn funny because like everyone has like wonderful things to say about her and she's so damn nice. Yeah. And classy. Uh-huh. Like that's just a very like it's a very Alicia Keys story. You know? <laughs> He said, like, I go back. He said, I go back with my tail tucked between my legs. He said, Hey man, what you say? I like I don't want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so my thug life moment of the week goes to this guy named Jay on Twitter. He's at Stunner Jay. So I'm gonna preface this with this man gets the thug life moment of the week for just tweeting out some foul shit. Okay. He just tweeted out some foul, foul shit. I'm here for it. And I just went. I saw this. My friend's accent this to me, and, it, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Good old Zach Helms. Yeah, he's the man. So he sent me this tweet. The dude tweeted out, When that pussy sound like you about to run out of mustard with the greater than <laughs> It's foul, man. <laughs> Shabby be dying. <laughs> he gonna tweet that out like, like you just went. Nah, I ain't leaving that in the drafts. You just... People are stupid as fuck, man. I swear to God. Yo. <laughs> like I said, that's foul. That motherfucker, boy. I swear to God. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Guys, that's how, like, you know, WrestleMania has just passed. And some people sitting here saying, like, this is probably the best WrestleMania we've probably had in, like, say maybe 10, 10 years. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy money. Easy money, like the best WrestleMania we've had in 10 years. I like, you know, because it was WrestleMania 30, 38? Yeah, no, 39. I was like, there's so much stuff to unpack here, man. I like, Ryan, I like, where, where do you want to start? Oh, man. So, 
I think the, I think the the thing that I'm gonna open up with because there's a lot of good stuff. That I think I think I think the number one takeaway I had from Mania that I want to start with is night one was significantly better than night two. It's the same way it was last year. Yes, uh, night one was significantly better than night two. Um, which this again still was the best Mania of the last ten years. Uh, night two was solid. Night one was just great. Night two, night one was. Night one, epic. night one was basically beyond reproach. Yes, there wasn't. I a have, single, I have no. There was literally the only lull of night one was the Miz Pat McAfee thing, and like, and, and, they, and that it, wasn't their fault. That was because of. There was there, there was so much fire going on. You had to you had to settle the crowd down. Yes, yes, yeah, something had to fucking give somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't my favorite, but I understand the logistics of it. Yeah, and it, that would have done a lot better on night two. Yeah, you know. So yeah, but on night one it was fine. Um, fuck it. Uh, but yeah, man. So we're watching night one. You know, where do you where do you want to start with night one? Like what the night one matches? The, the the thing for me for night one, I like you know the big thing for me was Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, and the thing was with just the entrances. Dom Mysterio's entrance was great. Rey Mysterio's entrance was great, and I remember because I posted a tweet about it, and I was like, non wrestling fans will never understand. You know what I'm saying? When that Viva La Raza hit in that moment, non-wrestling fans will never understand, like, you know what I'm saying, the feelings and how people yeah. feel about that. Like, and whenever I seen cool. that, whenever I seen that, like, it just made me realize, and I always knew, but it, it just reminded me how much we miss Eddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, that was phenomenal. Yeah, like, it was really cool. Um, Dom fucking gets it, man. I don't get yeah, it. He gets it. He gets it. His heel work is incredible. I don't know why people don't like him. Because he's still green in the ring. And but he's getting better. Yeah, he's getting better. Like him and his dad like put on a solid match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he uh, that that I like, you know what I'm saying? Look, I like that match was probably better than 80% of the shit that happened in night two. I yeah. guarantee oh, you yeah. that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um so no, like I said, great match. Um, I talked to somebody today at work about it, and they told me that they thought that that was match of the night. And I was like, you know, I don't hate that. I don't I agree that. with it, but I, I don't that. hate that. I said like the interest, like the the storyline and everything going yeah, it into cool. it. I yeah, like, cool. I like if somebody was to sit here and say that. Yeah, I like you know what I'm saying Ray, Ray for sure. Those two for sure had like you know what I'm saying because they were ranking like the interests. Both of those two had top five interests. That like you know what I'm saying that that weekend. Both. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, maybe Dom's would probably be like six, but I know Ray's in the top five. That stays. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, and there were some good entrances in WrestleMania, but uh, but so outside of that. Night one matches. Um, we had the uh, eight-way tag match, which was better than I expected. Yeah, that was really yeah. That ended up being pretty solid. They, which was crazy, because like 
they had eight minutes, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was like an eight-minute match, and everybody was able to get decent spots. spots. Yeah, that was well done by all those guys. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the other stuff that happened on night one. Um because again, there was everything was notable for something. John Cena, Austin Theory. That was a good way to kick off the show. Um, John Cena definitely has lost a step, but he's still solid. He's still solid. Like, like, but for him not doing like not doing it like he used to, he he's okay. And like, and people, this is how I know we're turning like a corner and we're going into like a new era. I don't know about now since Vince is back in charge, but when, but the thing is like John Cena wasn't was a part of the show, but he wasn't the show. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and the thing is, he it was the first time, yeah, because. The fucking you can't see me spot has been that's been getting booed for the last decade mm-hmm. uh, by people that got so sick of Super Cena. Yeah, um, people didn't boo it. Yeah, so that tells you we've turned a corner with John Cena too. Where like people are actually kind of happy to see him. Yeah, because, because like they appreciate him more now. That he's yeah, gone. Yeah, he's and, gone. I like and like that's the thing I tell people all the time. Me and my friend Anthony were talking about that. John Cena has always been great and always been phenomenal. It's just one of those type of things. Like you can ask all like our friend Randall. I always said, you know, Cena was never the problem. Cena was never the problem. Vince was the problem. Yeah. I said we're gonna miss that man when he's gone. I like and whoever is like the next guy, like that's that's humongous shoes to uh, the fill. Humongous shoes to fill. Like when, like when Stone Cold, like you know, had his inductive speech and he gave him that beer and told him, "You're the man now." Like that was Dex. That was like the perfect choice. So like I like that for him. I like that for uh, Austin Theory. I like you know putting the young kid over. You know, and Austin Theory can run with that. You know, so I thought that was a good choice for that to start off. Yeah, I thought that was too. Um, because we definitely need, we definitely need shit like that. Um. Let's see. Like I said, I'm just trying to think of all the matches that happened on fucking night one. Um, because I feel like we're missing some stuff. Um. The uh, Rollins Logan Paul match was good. Fucking. You know, Logan Paul continues to work. Rollins went over, which is what everybody wanted. Um, and they owed him that. You know, so, you know. And my thing is this. I like, like, say what you want to about Logan Paul. That that guy right there, man. Like, every time, like, you know, his number's been called, the motherfucker hits it out the park. And I think, like, his contract's, like, you know, is ended. And, like, if I'm Triple H and I'm Vince, I'm giving him, like, you know what I'm saying, an extension. You got to. I Like, he's good for business. Like, the dude is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he's pretty fucking good. I, I don't hate it. And for the mere fact, you know, people don't tend to realize this, Ryan. Like, you know, as far as like celebrity appearances and all that stuff, Logan Paul's actually raised the bar. Yeah. Like, for anybody that comes after him, if you're not doing anything on a level that Logan Paul was doing, it's a failure. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to see it. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, you had the uh, damage control versus Trish Lita and fucking Becky. We could have done without that. We could have done without that, but it but was nice. It was, it was nice to see Trish and Lita back in the ring, and it was nice to see them. They're definitely diminished, but the fact that the two of them can still work, work is crazy. 
on a limited scale. Yeah, that's crazy that they're both... That's how good that they were. Yeah. That they're still as good as they are. Yeah, they're in their 40s, so... Yeah, that's uh, some I, crazy I, I, I shit. I don't expect a whole lot from them. Yeah, the fact that... Um, that Charlotte-Rhea Ripley match was a fucking banger. Damn. So, here's the thing, man. Charlotte... Charlotte has John Cena complex. Charlotte... We hadn't seen Charlotte really in a while, and mm-hmm. they put the belt back on her to kind of set this whole thing up, mm-hmm. which was fine. It's one of the times recently where she's had the belt, and I haven't been goddamn so angry about it that I can't see because the person they took her took took she took it off of. We were like, man, we really don't. We ain't trying to see that. But yeah, exactly. So um, again, it's one of those things where like Charlotte's had the belt a bunch. Charlotte's. <sighs> Charlotte was instrumental in building this wave of women that we mm-hmm. have in this Divas division currently. Um, or, or women's division, rather. It's not the Divas anymore. Yeah. Um, thank God. Thank God. Um, so, um, you know, she kind of laid a lot of... You know, obviously you have like Soraya slash Paige kind of was one of the first post Trish Lita people that yeah, was there. Yeah, AJ Lee. Then you had AJ Lee. You had AJ Lee and like Paige and then you had then it was kind of like Charlotte and like Natalie and Sasha Banks. Yeah, were Natalia. Kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair. And Becky. And Becky. And so, like, they're kind of the core of, like, which Becky didn't become Becky until recently. Yeah. So. Then Bailey came a little bit after after that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the core of what this women's division is, Charlotte Flair is a pillar of this. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair needs to be celebrated and appreciated for what she's done for women's mm-hmm. wrestling, what she's done for women's wrestling in the industry, what she did for the WWE specifically. That being said... I was sick of looking at her too, mm-hmm. but she puts on great matches. She's a fantastic fucking worker. She fucking gets it. Yeah, like she she's a grant. She's a fantastic character. Like she swag is on one hundred. That is Ric Flair's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I said my thing is there were uh, there were reports saying that you know that she was kind of upset because she wanted to be main event and in most cases i, I don't i don't I, I don't disagree but there's no way Sami Zayn and ko and the, the way that that story got built up absolutely there not. was no way there was no way and my thing if that match would have went on before you guys it nobody would have cared about that match exactly exactly and, that would have sucked the, all the wind, wind out of that that match your match still got to be prominent Prominent in maybe the second best match of the night. Yeah. You know, and that should be plenty fine. Mm-hmm. And also, you didn't have Ronda Rousey in there fucking up y'all's match, so you should be thankful yeah. for that. Um, so, what can I say about the Usos Sami Zayn KO match? Above reproach. It was above reproach. The ring psychology of it, it was fucking incredible. The, the finish, mm-hmm. God, what a finish. You know, the multiple halua kicks. You know, dude, the moment where, like, um, um, Sammy just looked like he's in a corner. He the, just kinda... the moment where, like, Sammy got his ass fucking, like, he could barely even stand. 
Jay's picking him up and talking shit to him, and mm-hmm. he throws Jay into the fucking turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. The KO thing, where like KO picks him up off the mat when he comes back in the ring after set, he sits there and he goes, "We're almost there, man. Let's finish it." Yeah, like we always talked about, like that was a cool fucking little moment. Mm-hmm. Like those dudes just fucking get it. Yeah, they get it, and and that's like you can tell, like they're like this is their first rodeo. They've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah, I mean they just have out uh, They just have outstanding chemistry together, yeah. and um, you know because their personal relationship bleeds into the mm-hmm. story at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the few things that like the fact that kayfabe. You know, doesn't exist. Yeah, for that, that that's real. That's good shit. So that match was just fucking outrageous. It was so good. Um, it was the best match probably because it had it was it was a great match, but it also had a great finish. Mm-hmm. Which we're gonna get to some of these other matches and talk about some of that at night too. Yeah. So um, I like as far as like matches go, that's like top five. Like from the weekend. Yes, that was top five. Yeah. It, in my opinion, at worst is two. Maybe three for me. Yeah, I think in my opinion, at worst, it's two. I like because that Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew. Woo! See, that's that's three for me. I would say that would be two. I, I, that was a good match too, but like I would say that's like three, yeah. um, maybe but, four, depending on if I wanted to put one of the women's matches at three. Yeah. Um, but fucking, I don't hate that. that that's a top five match in, yeah. of the of the weekend. Yeah, too. I don't hate that. Um, fucking. So. You have a night two, but before we do that, I, I just want to give the Usos their flowers. Like, oh saying. yeah, man, what a fucking run! What a fucking would. run! I like six hundred and twenty days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because I remember watching the Usos when they first broke in. Mm. I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can tell the talent was there, but they were just boring. They were just regular Samoan guys, but they always had the personality. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like it's good, like. It's one of those things like Rikishi been telling us this for years. <laughs> that motherfucker knew, and it just wasn't him just being a dad. Like he knew, I uh, like you know said how great they were, and like you know and he was kind of upset that Fed wasn't using them properly. I like and uh, like this just shows. I like you know that they've solidified themselves as one of one of one of the great tag teams. Like you know what I'm saying like this this business has ever seen. They're all they're they're one of my favorite tag teams ever. Yeah, they're great. Um, so yeah, I mean, they deserve all the praise and accolades, and because I remember Ko said on the um, I think he said like in the press conference, he was like, he was like, I think people, he said like, he said Jay and Jay and Jimmy are like phenomenal, I like, and I think people like you know recognize that and they appreciate them, but sometimes I feel like they don't recognize and appreciate them enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to give them their flowers. You know, that was a hell of a run. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, night two, um, night two immediately started off with a clunker. Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah, fucking Vince, man, being Vince, horny. Vince, he said Vince couldn't take it anymore. Vince couldn't take it anymore. Match one, Brock Lesnar, almost. Brock, Brock, almost being a big dirt, and fucking Brock Lesnar throwing him around, and this quick match. It was terrible. God, it was awful. And then, and then, um, I was like, I remember we were sitting there. 
I like because I know like some stuff that like you know some finishes that like that people wanted the uh that wanted because you know we always don't get what we want with these things. But I felt like a lot of people, which was crazy. I like I talked to a lot of people. They be like, bro, if you're trying to build Vince, if you're trying to build almost uh, like to what you want him to be, he kind of needed that match because at this point we can't we can't get behind him or care about him if every time you march him out there in a big time situation he fucking loses. Yeah, while, that's like, true. Why keep giving him that spot? That yeah, there was. There were there were multiple matches on night two that had unsatisfying finishes. Mm-hmm. Um fucking um you know. Um Yeah, so that was like five minutes. I like you know what I'm saying. Terrible match. Clunker. Uh, Clunker. But they got the two they got the two terrible matches out the way though. They did, they did. The eight the eighteen the eight woman tag match. Yeah. Um Liv and Raquel are solid. Like the thing is that was funny is like they're solid talents. Like Sonya Deville's a decent yeah. worker. It's just one of those things like nobody cared. Nobody cared. And like Liv and Raquel were the most interesting thing in that match. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey continues to be god awful. She's the worst. She's so fucking bad. She's so fucking bad. And you don't even see like, you know what I'm saying, just any anything like event. Man, like she's really improving. You just uh, she's she's the same. She's the same. She's just she is who she is. She's a terrible worker. Um but at the same time, she's Ronda Rousey, so people are gonna care. It sucks, unfortunately. Um you're gonna talk about her one way or another because she's Ronda Rousey, so we're probably gonna be stuck dealing with her until she's bored. Yeah. Um, like- which I fucking hate. Um, let's see. Was the Gunther Sheamus match after that? Yes. Thankfully, that was a nice match to like pick it back up because that was a fucking absolute that banger was, match. That was a slobber knocker. That was really those dudes beat the shit out of each other. Fucking Drew McIntyre with the fucking over the rope spot. Yeah. Fucking Sheamus with the fucking thirty clubs to the chest. Yeah. Those dudes beating the shit out of each other. Gunther with, slapping the shit out of motherfuckers. Yeah, them slapping the shit out of Gunther. Yeah. Like, they all agreed. To, you could tell they all discussed it, and they all agreed to work stiff with each other. Yeah. Because um, all three of them have a reputation for that. Yeah. They all work stiff, but in, like, a good way. Yeah. Like they, they they take care of you, but they work stiff. It was one of those things, like, that shit was believable. Yes, it was. I, I remember Triple H, like, you know, was at a, at the press conference, and he was like, I watched that match, and, you know, when you watch matches like that, it made me think to myself, I'm glad I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, those motherfuckers beat the hell out of each other. That was some crazy, crazy shit. Um, great fucking match. Great fucking match. 10 to 10. Um... Let's see. What was the... Oscar and uh, Bianca. Banger. Felt like that match didn't get talked about enough. That match wasn't appreciated enough. That was one of the best matches of the weekend. It was it, so fucking good. It was one of those type of things where... Oh, the, the, the first two matches were so flat, and then Gunther Sheamus was so big and good that Oscar Bianca... Which, by the way, both of them had fire entrances. Yeah. They were great. Um, yeah. Like, especially the Bianca interest whenever the contortinist or, like, you know, Triple H said, like, dude, like, literally, like, 10 minutes before she went out there, she had gotten news that her mom passed away. Yeah. That's crazy for a little kid, like, no sin to do that and still go out there and perform in front of millions of people watching and thousands there. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's so wild. 
and uh so yeah that's that's really that's really fucking wild but i feel like people who still said that uh that bianca and bianca and uh austin match like was flat like if you're trying to compare it to the uh to the uh charlotte and rhea ripley match yeah but if that didn't happen that match was still a banger so here's the thing that match was only flat in the sense of where it happened yeah where it happened it happened. happened like if you had swapped that match okay if you swapped those spots right you put bianca and oscar in the spot before the usos yeah it would have had the same, same reaction it would you would have the same sort of like damn this is a banger mm-hmm. fuck it but because of the way that like the first two matches sucked the air out of the room mm-hmm. and then the third match brought all the air back in yeah bianca and oscar was going to not feel as impactful as it would have because everybody was getting ready for the main event yeah. so i like and one thing damn i had like a uh oh yeah i like a lot of people were upset that you know saying oscar didn't win or like you know saying the championship and i get it but i feel like that was a vince mcmahon move yeah i i feel like this a man produced night two of wrestlemania yeah it felt like that felt felt like a vince mcmahon it felt like it then obviously after that you had the fucking miz fucking snoop dogg thing which they saved wonderfully when shane tore his quad yeah because that clearly i think the snoop dogg finish was gonna happen anyways probably I think that what was going to happen from, is that from what they said, they were like Snoop, like Snoop and Miz, like thought that up on the fly. They audibled. Yeah, they complete, audibled. The unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. That, that's shit. the case. Like, Un- the unbelievable work by the two of them saving that. Um, so, yeah, you know, fucking. Um, so, so my thing is like, you know, what the hell was Shane doing there anyway? I like, yeah, I love right. Shane, but Shane shouldn't be wrestling no more. Yeah. I like, and it was clearly evident Shane was doing shit in the ring. He had no business doing. It. <laughs> Trust, he was doing that shit with the Undertaker. I like, you know, and that happened five years ago. Right. You, you, you got to stop, man. Five or six years ago, you got to stop, Shane. And I love you, but I was like, it was good to see you, but like, I ain't trying to see you in that capacity. So, um, top three or four match of the night. Mm-hmm. Fucking came next with the Finn Balor Edge. Yeah. Fucking, we got to see the demon again, so that was great. And then Edge came out and had the fucking South of Heaven Slayer entrance. Fucking, they teased the Gangrel fucking Christian thing, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, Brood Edge or whatever the yeah. fuck. And um, but the thing is, the cool thing is, he still paid homage to him because he had like an image of, of like, them on his on his on, his, on the of all three of them on his coat. Yeah, exactly, so which was, was cool. cool. Um, then he came out and did his regular entrance. Um, Finn Balor legitimately from that ladder spot got his head busted the fuck open, yeah. and they had to like attend to him. People, people said that was a receipt from Edge. I like, and I knew it would have been because that spot where uh, he was he was chucking uh, chucking chairs at Edge. Like, one, like I think like it got away from him. And one, like you seen it like the chair like hit him from the side, like the side of the chair hit Edge, and Edge like he was not happy about that. I wouldn't have been either. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just a little bit of a thing, and then fucking Balor had to get like 15 staples in his head yeah. like it, it, he took he uploaded a picture of it today on Twitter um he got fucked up yeah. but Edge was so good about like while they like he made sure to distract the cameraman 
he had the cameraman walk around with him yeah. and fucking like so made, made a big show of looking for weapons under mm-hmm. the ring to try to give Finn Balor a minute to mm-hmm. like recuperate and then they were able to finish the match which is great um this was one of the finishes that I had a big problem with. I had a very big yeah, problem with this finish. I, I, yeah, minutes. Because, I mean, yeah, Edge beat him. That's awesome. Edge is a Hall of Famer. Edge didn't fucking need that match. He didn't need that match. Finn Balor could have used that to springboard away from Judgment Day, back into Demon Finn Balor, and, like, being Finn Balor. Or, if you didn't want to push him away from Judgment Day, that just makes Judgment Day even more menacing and more powerful. Like, that yeah. th- that does that does nothing but help him, and if you didn't want to move him away from Judgment Day, help him, like, you know, with doing Judgment Day stuff. And the mere fact, like, you know, the Demon Finn Balor lost, I like, and that's kind of crazy because usually... Yeah. He usually doesn't. Yeah, I like. I agree with you on like on that front. Like there was no, there was no reason for Edge to win this match, especially if he's going to be on his way out very soon. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I get it. Like my, I get it. Like you know, finishing the story because that that was long term long term storybooking even back from SummerSlam with the I Quit match. So like this was like a long time story, and I get it finishing the story. But Finn because he beat him in that I Quit match. Yeah, yeah, Finn beat him in the equip match even to get to where they yeah. were anyway. So while I I get it, I just felt like you know Demon Finn Balor everything. I like I felt like you like I felt like with this story you could have extended that to SummerSlam and Edge could have got his get back at SummerSlam. Then you know you could have you know saying Edge can do whatever he want to do like you know go on vacation yeah. Like that. But I think on that on that night I think Finn needed needed that win. I think Finn needed that win and they they did him a large disservice booking wise there um so he has yet to win out of wrestlemania no he he beat bobby lashley yeah he beat bobby lashley um and then speaking of bobby lashley i like that guy got royally fucked over yeah they had him do a dark match or like a fucking off-camera match or an off-camera thing did they not or what the fuck did they No, like he he went out there because he won the andre the more yeah the andre giant memorial like like on friday night smackdown then like you know then they had him come out there and like a you know i'm saying hold the trophy up for like a minute or two or whatever like you know basically to have people see him yeah exactly um so fucking then you had um then you had the championship bout the main event roman reigns cody rhodes now this is kind of a polarizing thing some people feel a little column a some people feel a little column b i kind of like okay so let's just talk about the match itself Ring psychology, incredible. Both these guys, masters of their craft. Roman Reigns, fucking unbelievable talent, has put in a lot of work, tremendous character work, great heel, all-time brain. Cody Rhodes, one of the best people in the business. I like the entrances is what got me, man. The entrances were fucking fire as fuck. Cody comes out there in that cool-ass drip. Bro, that's... That fucking jacket was cold, bro. Cold. That thing was cold as hell. I was like, dude, I remember we were sitting there watching, man. Like, with Tim coming with that fucking jacket, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, him, like, you know, kissing his wife, holding his child, then giving his belt to Broderly's son. I like, damn it, man. I like... If they're gonna put the title on title on them, I like. I, I guess I like. I'm not gonna hate it. I'm yeah. Not, because all that just like and oh, he, it was and, wonderful. And, and Cody Rhodes is 
better than anybody at like you know saying doing shit like that yeah i like you know what I'm saying he he's he's better than anybody to be like you, you don't really you feel a certain type of way then like he does some stuff be like you know what man god damn it i like you you just i can't hate you yeah Cody Rhodes is awesome um fuck it and i don't hate him but i'm just saying like damn yeah. i like i kind of want you to win man yeah and the tribal chief gets his piano entrance that was fire that <laughs> shit was awesome it was really fucking cool with this big epic five piano that was, shit was dang dang um, he comes out. They put on match of the weekend, uh, probably. Yeah. Um, at worst, it's it also is number two. Mm-hmm. Literally, my whole thing is you either think the Usos and Zayn and Ko, and that's the the two main events were the two best matches. Yeah, that's phenomenal booking. That's phenomenal storytelling. It's well done. Mm-hmm. Now that being said. The finish is either a thing that you're very okay with mm-hmm. or you're very not okay with. Because you either have column A, hey, a thousand days, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And Roman Reigns has beaten every person in this title reign that was on the card. Yeah. Every man that was in a match. Yeah, at WrestleMania for both nights, he has beaten. He has beaten in the midst of his title reign. Um, so... That's an insane statistic. Roman Reigns is on a historic run. This is going to go down as one of the greatest things mm-hmm. ever, but in the history of the business, and that's awesome. Roman's done a great job with his title run, and it's really cool. But um, you have the other column of people, which I'm a little bit in this column of people, mm-hmm. but I also do appreciate Roman and a thousand days is cool so I understand the thought process because that's where I was I get where people want to say like they wanted to see Cody I like and I get that Cody's going to be champion like eventually I like it's going to happen it's inevitable but we're not going to see I like my thing is I was telling people you seeing Cody Rhodes I like being champion it's going to happen us I like you know as as a fandom seeing a motherfucker hold the title for over a thousand days that may never happen again yeah, and I'm I'm of the latter. I want to see so I want to be around because I was talking to my young, older brother Joey because like you know my nephews are into uh, into wrestling and all that stuff, and you know I was telling them the premises about that, and he was like, and my my older brother was the biggest Hulkamania, uh, well he was the biggest Hulkamania growing up, and he 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 was around when Hogan had his like you no. Know, 1200 1000 1200 day thing and he was like it depends on like who you're asking me being a hulkamaniac i loved every second of it if you wasn't a hulkamaniac you probably hated every second of it so it's just like it just depends on the person and like people only feel that way depending on who it's on and like and he said like i get it I like I totally get it if people felt that way, but it just depends on if you was a Cody Rhodes fan. That that's all that is. So it, it boils down to like, cause you know some people are sick of Roman. Yeah. My friend, my friend Dylan hates Roman Reigns and hated hates him just retroactively. And he's like, yeah, the bloodline's cool, but I don't really fuck with Roman. I still don't really fuck with Roman. Yeah. Which I don't agree with that, but hey, that's fine. He's tired of the shit, but. Most people don't have that extremist of an opinion. Like I said, for people like me who, because my only problem with it, quite literally, because we talked, we watched Mania together both nights, and I told you when it happened, I said, the only problem I have with this is I just do not know 
what they do and how they do it. Now, I don't see a place to go because, quite frankly, it's like you're going to be looping back around to a dude that's beaten. He's beaten already, mm-hmm. regardless my, of what you do. But my friend, my friend JD made up a good point. He said, like, he said, like, he said, Mike, do you really think that Vincent Mann, like he said, and I totally agree, uh, feel that Vincent Mann was producing this fucking show. You really think that Vincent Mann was going to let a guy who left the company for seven years, was in the Indies, started up his own company, no. come back and beat his guy? After being back in the company for seven Absolutely months? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I got it. He spent, he spent 11 years of resources in? Come on, man. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, of course not. That makes and that makes perfect sense. Like when you think about it like that, like of course, and if you know how Vincent Mann is, yeah, of course not. But at the same time though, it's just quite literally like if not now, then when? And maybe it's a thing where they circle back around to Cody Rhodes next year at yeah. the next WrestleMania mm-hmm. on a vengeance match. But is that satisfying? Nah. Also, I was also talking to my older brother because I I made that I made that same point. He was like, "Look, little bro, like I said, like I said, like you know, said so I don't watch it as much. But I said the boys watch it." He said, "From what I see, he said Cody Rhodes is going like it's gonna be champion." I like, and my thing is this, like he said, for me, he said like he said his moment like that for him was whenever he watched Ricky Steamboat in WCW go against Ric Flair at Fall Brawl. He said one of the few, like, and this is before, this is after NWA. Yeah. Now, this is like WCW. He said one of the few times Ricky Steamboat had, like, you know what I'm saying, like, a chance at the title. And I think it was, like, the last time he had the title. And there was no better time to put the title on Steamboat than that time. And they put Flair over. I get it. He was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and all that good stuff. He said, I get it. But after that, like you know saying Ricky Steamboat didn't get another title shot he was never a WCW champion at least at least going into this Cody will be a W uh, like a uh, WWE champion so to me that was a little bit more disheartening than what I see here because it's eventually going to happen like after that you knew Ricky Steamboat wasn't going to hold that strap and he probably should have that would like that would have been the time to do it yeah and I was like I remember watching that match and I was like you know what you're you're right now, like you know, saying you have a point. I'm not gonna say you're right, but you have a point. Yeah. You have a point. He said, like, he said, bro. There's been many instances of like of that shit. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he said the people that are, he said like the people that are mad about that. He said they're probably just usually Johnny Come Latelys or they don't know about it as much as you do. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like I said, because I wasn't mad, but I was like skeptical. Yeah. Because like you remember, like I was a little frustrated with it because the finish was bad. Yes. I hated the finish, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fucking," um, you know. And again, you know, they protected Cody by having Reigns go over dirty, mm-hmm. like he like he has during a wad of this bloodline run. Mm-hmm. And that's been one of the funnier things about having the belt on him is that like he doesn't go over clean mm-hmm. hardly ever. But the the funny thing about this, the good, the cool thing that people didn't realize, like or didn't pay attention, is like did anybody notice that Roman was being helped out of the ring? That didn't happen with Brock Lesnar last year. No. He was able to walk out out the ring. Like Roman Reigns, like he was like legitimately, like he played that perfectly. Like he yes, was he in did. a fucking war. Yeah, he yeah. didn't even do that for Brock Lesnar. Yeah, 
Yeah, he sold that. Yeah, he sold that solo, carrying him out. Then once, like they got to like a certain part, then he was able to celebrate. I like, you know, that that didn't happen. So that was like that was cool on Roman's part to sell. Like, you know, saying that this motherfucker is legit. Like it took everything. Like in legit, it took everything for him. Like, you know, saying to put the put out. Like, you know, saying Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I mean the the Usos interfered. Solo came back. Solo came back out after he got thrown out. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. They just again they threw everything but the kitchen sink. Yeah, it was just crazy the whole thing. But uh, like I said, man, it was a great match. Like I said, the finish was a little unsatisfying, but but this was like the first time in a long time I seen a match and I like I didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I will say like I, I, I think that was the most satisfying thing for me. I like I didn't know yeah, was what was gonna happen. And I was like, you know, the mere the. And I was rooting for Roman, so the jubilation that I had, because I, I just didn't know. Usually, when we watch pay per views together, we know who's going over, and yeah, we have like a, we have an idea of what's going to happen. We had no idea what was going to happen, so we were just we were just along for the ride. Yeah, and that was fun. That was fun. The roller coaster of that uh, was fun. Uh, but yeah, man. Again, I just I don't know. Like I said, I love I love Roman Reigns and. To an extent, I'm happy he retained, but I just literally feel like they've written themselves in a corner, and I don't know what the fuck they're going to do about mm-hmm. it. That's the only problem I have with it. Like, in the here and now, yes. yeah, that's great. A thousand days. And then when the thousand days have happened, what then? That's mm-hmm. that's my whole thing. And Vince is going to fuck it up because Vince is Vince, and Vince is back involved again. Well, here's my thing. Like, like my homeboy JD said, he was like, because with the sale of the company, we know Vince is like, you know, saying doing Monday Night Raw. Somebody said I've been hearing reports that Triple H, like, you know, saying is doing SmackDown. So he said Raw was terrible. The right, the Monday Night after Raw, the worst. That there was a hashtag that worst Raw ever. Yeah. You can look it up. On yeah, Twitter, I know. Right? I saw it. I saw it trending like, yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So, it's a, I said for me, it's a, I was done with it. He said, but I'm I'm gonna wait to see what they do on SmackDown. So I'm gonna wait till they do uh, see what they do on SmackDown. Then I might give Raw another chance next week. But if it's more of the same, he's like, bro, I'm done. <laughs> what probably is gonna happen is, like I said, Vince is gonna take column A and Triple H is gonna take column B. But you know, the other thing is too. Vince is the chairman. Part of the deal was him returning to the chairman position. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the ownership stake anymore. Nope. They could just tell him to fuck off when his contract's up. Yeah, I like. But at the same time, like you know, he wasn't going to sell to a company that wasn't going to have him in charge because Liberty, uh, like the team, the uh, the, the uh, owner group that owns uh, Braves and like a whole bunch of other people. Like they they had better offers, but they they wanted nothing to do with Vince. So like they were like, bro, we want nothing to do with you. We just want the company. He was like, hell no. He's like, I need to be in control some type of way. And like Endeavor was like, yeah, we'll give you a two or three year contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like and I like and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, Vince is one of the worst. Vince Vince McMahon is one of the best things to ever happen to wrestling. And also one of the worst. And he also is one of the worst things that ever happened to wrestling. In his old age. Yeah, in his old age, in the last 20 years, he has been really bad for business. Mm. You know? Or, like, you know what? Maybe 20 years. is Last 10 years. I'll say 15. Like, 15, 10 years, he's been really bad for business. Mm. You know, obviously, the man built the WWE back when it was all um, territories. Yeah. Built the WWE up. Fucking made it spread mm-hmm. 
fucking built it up as a global brand has done tremendous things with it but he's a fuck yes and he will always be a fuck he will always be that so yeah with that being said that is the end of our show so we got AEW this week we got nba basketball we got hockey going on uh is there anything else going on that i'm missing any tennis or no not i can think of the nfl draft is coming up soon coming up very soon uh so we will not be recording next week so happy easter to to like to all you people that celebrate that stuff mm-hmm. you know saying so there's that uh so you can follow us on on twitter i'm at hbk underscore illmatic all caps he's at the arcade r underscore k-y-d-e so you can email us uh, uh email us at uh scoreboard underscore radio at dot yahoo.com you can f- like us on facebook at www.facebook.com slash scoreboard 808 and i think that's about cover you like you you have anything uh sir no, I think that does it pretty pretty adequately, my yeah, man. It does it pretty adequately. So, like, you guys be safe. You guys be good. A thousand days. I'm happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> I just got to put that out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace out. Later, guys.